This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. What's up, everybody? It is another beautiful day, and um, guess what? I'm back. It is Ryan Mitchell, of course, with Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan, and I have a very special guest co-host joining. Y'all love her. Shara Jassel, welcome back to the show. A familiar voice, a familiar time, a familiar face. <laughs> welcome back, Ryan. Thank you. No, I'm, you know, it has been wild. I was out all last week, basically. You know, Shira held it down. Now Shira is in Alaska. She, I think she went to a wedding. And, I was about to say, now what's she doing in Alaska? You know, she picks the most random spots. Who's ever having a wedding in Alaska, it just makes sense that they would know Shira. Yeah, exactly. You're absolutely right. <laughs> it just makes You're absolutely all the right. sense. But yeah, we have a beautiful show coming up. I mean, we got a lot to get into. Honestly, Shar, you had a beautiful Speaking time of in weddings, Chicago, right? And weddings. Speaking of weddings, my yes. mother got remarried. Oh my God. Yes. That's absolutely stunning. So congratulations to Sharon and Angela out there and I have to shout out my Uncle Mike who presided <laughs> you over You have an Uncle Mike? I have an Uncle Mike. Yes. Literally my Uncle Mike. Well, oh my God. well my Uncle Mike and you share a Zodiac sign. You all are both Leos <laughs> except he's August but he presided over the wedding. Beautiful. They drove him and uh, my Aunt Evelyn drove up from down south and uh, I told him that I would give him a shout out on the radio today. So, hey, Uncle Mike, if you're listening. What's up, Uncle Mike? Shar's <laughs> Uncle Mike and my Uncle Mike, too. I'll just shout him out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, oh, my God, we have so much show to get to because literally today is a big day in California. You know, the big recall election is happening and we have to break everything down that you need to know. And if you have not voted, please vote no if you are doing it and return your ballot. Go in person and vote. Do everything you can to have your voice heard in this moment because everything get up now and do it seriously get up you, now. you can listen to us on the odyssey app in your headphones so get into it we're going to be uh, talking a little bit about that a little bit more in the show and then of course oh my god we're talking even i can't wait we're talking about the met gala as well because uh, people are dragging aoc that's happening all later this hour but right now let's get into what's trending this hour now, I will tell you this. You know, it's a live radio show. We got a lot of live things happening. Lots of clicking and clacking behind the stuff scenes. stuff going on. So if you don't hear music like you normally would, just hum me a little beat, you know, while I'm talking. And that could be your music, right? Plus, it helps that we're friends and colleagues because we could talk <laughs> we for could hours. Just talk. We do. We could do what we do on FaceTime. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> me and Shar will be on FaceTime for like seven hours and we won't no, even really. realize it. It's disgusting. <laughs> um, now, let's get into our first headline of the day. You you know, now the live streaming platform Twitch announced that it's suing um, multiple users for targeting black and LGBTQ plus streamers with bigoted harassment last week. So on Thursday, 
Something was filed in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of California. The 19-page suit accuses users. Um, Cruise Control is one user, and another is uh, Creatine Overdose. Mm -hmm. That's the name of their channels of conducting hate raids in August of this year. Twitch stated in the suit that the defendants continue to promote and engage in hate raids despite efforts to ban them from the platform. The site is seeking uh, restitution and a permanent injunction against the two users. Wow. You know, you know, you and I both worked with Twitch back in June, and that was kind of oh, like my first I big intro that, yeah. to that. Um, I learned, I did not know what a what a raid was, what a hate raid was, and I guess it's something on their platform that's designed to actually help smaller creators get exposure from larger creators where you can send, like, I guess your audience over to maybe someone who you believe in who has only 200 right, followers. Right. But this has been weaponized. They've been attacking, of course, women, trans people of from all walks of life, you know, minorities, people of color, however you uh, decide you want to dictate that, and even people with disabilities. And I find this so random. It's like, what is the driving force? I get that people hate just to hate. Yeah. But it's like, what's the driving force? If I'm over here as a black woman who's trans minding my business on my Twitch channel, why then do you feel incentivized to send hate my way? Yeah, so we're going to watch this play out because it's really intense. Um, And I want to move over to our second headline really quickly before I throw it over to you for what's the tea on the tea report. Uh, California recall GOP frontrunner Larry Elder won't commit to accepting the results of the election uh, today. So here is him. Here he is talking about it. I think we all ought to be looking at election integrity, no matter whether you're a Democrat, an independent or Republican. Let's all make sure that the election is a fair election. So let's all work together, no matter what the results are, to make sure that the results are, are valid and legitimate. And everybody who voted should have voted. Let's all do that together. Is that a commitment to accept the let's, results let's, of the election all, tomorrow? Let's all do that together. Let's all work together uh, on both sides of the aisle to make sure that the election is a fair election. Yeah, how annoying is he? You know, I saw on local news this morning that he has a direct link on his campaign website uh, that's kind of already getting the ball rolling with this energy of yeah. election fraud or mishandling well, or something like that. we're going to talk actually a little bit about that more because it seems like, you know, Trump has kind of planted the seed, of course, and the GOP is continuing yes. on with that energy. That's going to come up later this hour. So stick around for that. But right now, let's get into the T-Report. What's happening? Lord have mercy. I'm sure you reported on it. Oh, wait, you weren't here. Well, I'm sure Shira reported on Britney Spears getting in engaged or someone talked about it but not at all apparently her boyfriend well now her fiance sam a good I, I don't know how to pronounce his name asgari yeah he's very cute i always looked at him as like one of her handlers who they're kind of like no who they're kind of like painting as her boyfriend but he proposed to her uh-huh, and there's uh-huh. been like a driving force you know pushing people well fans including octavia spencer came out and said girl make sure you get a prenup listen britney has been through so much we want to make yeah. sure that her assets are protected what I do you bet think he's not i mean i'm pretty sure probably before he even met her he wasn't like making a whole bunch of money no no i didn't even know who he was and now yeah. he's got on act gigs and things but anyway he took to his Instagram and he made a joke about it saying you know like thank you all for your congrats and yes I'm protecting my assets of my Jeep and my four pairs of shoes in the event that she one day decides she doesn't love me but it's like I'm glad you can get cheeky about this Mr. Asgari but we're we're concerned about Brittany Jean no but to be honest when he said that that proved to me even more of a reason why she needs to get a prenup because if that's all he has no shade yeah girl <laughs> so what do you think Ryan really quickly what do you think about celebs and and fans 
asking her to get a prenup. Like, she has her peers and fans saying, like, girl. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Once your whole business is out there about what's happening in your life and yeah. the control that's taking place and the people who are using, you know, taking money and doing things out of the name, of yeah. course, everyone's going to want the best interest for you, right? I even, I, they're gonna I even thought about this. I went on Netflix and The Circle, you know, they have a new season. You Which know, we watched that show. Yeah. But the promo song, they're using Hit Me Baby one more time. And I'm like, Jamie Spears licensing yeah, out Britney's see, music. He's getting some coins. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's your team report. We got more coming up next hour, of course. And before we get out of here, uh, should I do the I'm listening? Talk? I'll do it next. Just stick around. I got some things to talk to you about. Um, but right now, next segment, Governor Gavin Newsom. Will he be fired? We're breaking down everything you need to know in today's big recall election. That's coming up. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Now, the effort to recall Governor Gavin Newsom comes to a close today as voters head to the polls to decide whether he is in or will be replaced by a Republican candidate. Now, joining us to break everything down is Scott Wilson. He is the West Coast correspondent at The Washington Post. Thank you so much for joining us, Scott. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Now, as we've seen this recall election develop, many were worried that there was a huge opportunity for a Republican to win this election. Should we still have that same worry? Well, I I don't think so. I mean, look, polls in recent weeks have pointed strongly toward a a Newsom defeat of the recall. Um, It is, as has been said by Democrats, the only way Republicans can become a governor of such a blue state right now uh, is through a process like this, where Newsom can win 49 percent of the vote and be thrown out of office. And someone like Larry Elder can win 12% of the vote and become the governor, which seems a little bit anti-democratic, which uh, is the word that has been used. Um, but I think that uh, certainly inside the Newsom campaign uh, in the last six weeks, uh, you have felt a palpable uh, easing of their tensions over this as Democrats tune in um, and frankly, as his policies, certainly around COVID-19 and the mandates, uh, become more and more popular as the electorate becomes more and more frightened of what this pandemic is all about. Yeah, we're on a slippery slope here with these numbers, like as far as the percentages boil down. But I want to know, like we've already seen Trump and the GOP, certain members of the GOP claiming that the election is already rigged. And I personally think, you know, like they're already shooting themselves in the foot. But I have to know from your opinion, your personal and professional opinion. What do you think is the political move here? The political move is going to be the, the Republican political move for years to come. Um, they cannot win national elections. They can't win uh, statewide elections in a place like California. Uh, they haven't since 2006. Um, and so you just say people are cheating. Uh, we're super popular. Uh, we talk to our own people. They say how much they love us. They vote for us, and yet we keep losing. Now, uh, I think that some of them are way too smart to actually believe that line. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, you know, this is part two of the 2020 campaign. Uh, Trump issued a statement this morning saying the election in California is rigged. Uh, Larry Elder has a, you know, a, a portion of his website set up yep. to report voter fraud, mm-hmm. which is fine. Uh, report voter fraud. 
Um, but then there's a sort of added ad- addition about, you know, what the legal uh, remedies are going to be once the election is over without a, a single in-person vote cast. Right. So I, it's just something you're going to see. Yeah, I would love for you to kind of break down um, what are some of the big things that Democrats could lose on a state and national level if Newsom does end up losing, though? Oof. Well, it's it's a big deal. I mean... I think the biggest deal is that uh, certainly, um, you know, California is seen as a liberal vanguard uh, sanctuary state um, on gay marriage that, you know, frankly, thanks to Newsom back in 2004, uh, who issued, you know, was issuing same-sex marriage licenses way before it was legal. Um, I should add a caveat there that Larry Elder is a proponent of same-sex marriage um, as a libertarian. He yeah, is. he is. Um, uh, he, he considers himself a libertarian, so he subscribes to a lot of just get, get government out of things. And uh, he's consistent on that piece. Um, but uh, but look, also, look, we have an aging, you know, the oldest U.S. senator uh, is Dianne Feinstein. Uh, lots of Democrats have put pressure on her to step down early so that we could you know, so that the Californians can can put someone uh, liberal in there, um, appoint someone liberal in there, as as Newsom has already done with Alex Padilla, um, and that swings the Senate at this point, right? Fifty fifty. Uh, so yeah, there are big consequences. I think the biggest is just on the California project, and whether or not that is something um, that will be widely ridiculed as a result of a Newsom loss. Um, uh, or, you know, if, with a with a, you know, substantial 60, 40 win, which is what polls are sort of suggesting, uh, looks like, hey, yeah, people here, you know, like it. So we'll see. Right. So so what does recall elections, what do those look like moving forward? And in the event that Newsom does win, should we be worried about anything else as far as a recall or any other future? Um, I, I do. I think I think recalls here to stay. You know, I I, uh, I bored some people to tears the other day talking about a recall I read about two years ago in Nevada, which was at a very low state level, recalling state senators because, uh, you know, w- within a year of their winning election, uh, because the Republicans knew they couldn't win those seats and they knew that without those seats, they couldn't redraw district boundaries. So, so you know, th- th- there's a real... Um, you know, there's a very tactical uh, and long-term strategic uh, uh, point to these recalls. And look, George Gascon's facing one. Uh, uh, you know, Chesa Boudin is facing one. Um, if you're liberal, uh, you're going to get recalled. However, quick um, quick caveat. However, here's my, my thing that doesn't make sense to me. If Republicans keep driving home this point of elections being rigged, would that not deter Republicans from going out to vote if they think the system's not going to... There is a split messaging happening with Republicans. So if it's rigged and, and everybody's cheating, if you're yeah. a Republican, yeah, aren't right. you in essence going to stay home during elections and then Democrats will always win? I think it's... Um well, I, I think you've identified one of the flaws in their argument, for one. And and two, it's, you know, it gives them more chances to say what, a, you know, what a bunch of cheaters or Democrats are. Uh, the more they turn out and the more they lose, the more they can say, you know, we lost because it was unfair. Um, 
all we have to do is look at voter registration. I mean, this isn't this isn't rocket science. Um, I'm a journalist. I can figure this out. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> certainly other people can figure this out. Right, right. Uh, Democrats outnumber Republicans two to one. Republicans aren't even the second most popular, you know, declared party in the state. Uh, so, they've got giant problems. Scott, so, we actually uh, I, I, we have about thirty seconds yeah. left, really quickly. Sorry. And I, and I, no, 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 you're perfect. You're actually giving us everything okay. we need to know. <laughs> I, I just want to know when should we be expecting these results? Uh, do you think we'll find out tonight? Gosh, I hope so. I, I don't. I, I can't give you a great uh, answer on that. Um, <laughs> I'm certainly hoping so. I'll be up all night, and uh, and I think a lot of people will be up all night. Um, it's only two questions. Yeah. One would, you know, and, and really only one matters. The first one. I know that's right. So no, that's you'd true. Think, yeah. So you'd think that um, you'd think we'd get this tonight. Uh, but it's California. Yeah. And it takes a long time. <laughs> that's so. very true. Well, thank you so much to uh, the West Coast correspondent from The Washington Post, Scott Wilson. We appreciate you for joining us. Thanks so much. Take care. No, you too. Now, let's talk booster shots because flu season is right around the corner. And honestly, should you be getting your flu and COVID booster shot at the same time? Well, that conversation is coming up next. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerd. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Okay, so flu season is right around the corner, and most people are wondering if we should be getting our flu shots right now, especially when there's all this conversation and a possibility of a COVID boost, uh, booster shots around the corner as well. Could anything happen to us getting them at the same time? Well, guess what? We had to call on my favorite doc, Dr. Michael Sag, who literally just lets us know everything we need to know about all the things. So, Dr. Michael Sag, thanks so much for being here. Great, great green doc with you guys. No, seriously, I'm, I'm very happy that you could join us because, honestly, we're thinking about the upcoming flu season, what that's going to look like. So what should we be thinking about? Well, I think we should anticipate the worst and hope for the best in terms of the flu season. Last year, we had a very, very mild flu season. I think it's because a lot of us stayed home. We wore masks more regularly than we are now. 
people are out there now as if COVID's gone. They're congregating in large numbers. Look at the NFL over the uh, weekend. Look at college football as if nobody has COVID, and that's not true. So I anticipate the flu season to be worse this year than last year. And so I think the flu shots are really one of our best protectors. It's not nearly as good against the flu as the COVID shot is against COVID, but it still does help keep people out of the hospital, even if they get the flu, and it keeps them from dying. So we should all get a flu shot starting around first part to the middle of October. Now, I know that there's been a lot of conversations regarding like booster shots for people who are already vaccinated. I want to know, can we get a flu shot and a COVID vaccine at the same time? Yeah, there are indications that that's fine. So if it's more convenient for folks to go ahead and just get them, I'd probably get them in different arms just because. But um, it's not because they're going to interact, but just you have don't have to worry about your immune system uh, going haywire in one arm. So I would say get you could get a COVID shot in the left arm and a flu shot in the right arm. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but, yeah, you can get them both. And, um, you, but you don't have to. That's just an option. Right. And, I, I mean, that just sounds like a lot, getting them in both arms, because I remember my Moderna shot. My arm felt like it was about to fall off. I can only imagine the flu shot. Like, it just feels it just feels really intense. But I do want to know, though, um, because I, I think what's really interesting is there's always the conversation about the booster shots. I just want to know, do you know anything about the latest surrounding that? Are people going to actually start getting the booster shots now? What's the timeline look for that? Well, let's get into the weeds a little bit, because I think it's, it's a little bit more important important to understand what's going on than yes. the final you know, big picture headline. So here's what's going on. We have vaccines, especially let's just focus on Pfizer and Moderna. They were developed there in a very fast fashion deliberately. And but the cost of that was that we knew that it worked in the short term for sure. We didn't have any sense of the durability. And normally when a vaccine gets developed, it's new. It, gets, it goes through at least a year or two of follow-up just to kind of see, is there a booster that's going to be needed? And you can take your time. We didn't have the luxury of time. We had an exploding epidemic. So we're having to sort of learn as we go. I think the indications are right now, number one, that the immunity from the original shot, especially among people who have not had COVID before they got that first vaccine, the immunity is starting to wane. What does that mean? a little bit more breakthrough infections than what we saw before. Some of that's Delta, but some of that's a vaccine. But one thing we still have protection with right now, even if you get infected after having a full vaccine, is that the risk of hospitalization is still very, very low, and the risk of dying from COVID if you've had a full vaccination panel is extraordinarily low. So it's still doing its job. Mm -hmm. The concern is, will it start to wear out in the next four or five months, say a year after you got your shot? And to be extra safe, that's why they're pushing for a booster. The holdup behind keeping us from having a full recommendation is simply that we want to make sure about the safety. And that's especially true of Moderna because the Moderna vaccine is about threefold more product, threefold more antigen. And it may be that you don't need that much in a booster. So that's what they're working on right now. And that's why there's a little bit of a tapping of the brakes and a pause. Yeah, this is 
this it totally does and it, you know I've been talking to Ryan about this off air just I'm buckling up you know because yeah. of daylight savings time possible seasonal depression and how like we have the cold the common cold the flu pneumonia COVID and all of her Greek alphabet you know sorority sisters to worry about this holiday season and what does that look like but I w- I'd like to ask you do we see the same hesitancy around flu shots like we do COVID personally I have but that's in the past it's a new day now. I used to be very, I, I I will tell you, I got my first flu shot maybe last year. Really? That was the first time I ever did it because I was always believed uh-huh. that, guess what, they're injecting you with the flu. With the flu, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a common <laughs> that's misconception. common misconception. But yeah. what say you, doctor? Is there like a, a, a vaccine hesitancy around the flu? There, there sure is, but it's different, okay? The flu vaccine hesitancy, which has been there a while, is people saying, well, I've got the flu shot and it made me have worse flu, or I got the flu shot, it didn't do a thing, I still got flu. So there's hesitancy that way. Um, but the problem is, is that the COVID hesitancy is much more grounded in politics. I don't think I ever saw somebody not get a flu shot because someone on social media, someone on a certain mm-hmm. news channel said, don't get it. We're encountering that with COVID. And that's what's so incredibly frustrating for me as a physician and as a public health person. I can't stand the fact that politics has become engaged here. So, yes, some hesitancy on flu, but nothing like the type of um, spewing of hate and spewing of misinformation like we have with COVID. Well, Dr. Michael Sack, thank you so much for joining us, as always, to keep us updated and keep us knowledgeable. We really appreciate you. Uh, great, and good, great to be back with you. Thank and good you luck treating me. all of the patients with the horse dewormer oh this holiday yeah. season. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, Dr. Thank Michael Sack. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Yep. Now, we got more show coming up because AOC's being called out for her Met Gala appearance. And honestly, I kind of get it. That's coming up really? next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, so AOC went to the Met Gala. You know, fashion's biggest nights. It's basically the Oscars of the fashion industry. And everyone goes. I mean, from Rihanna to Little Nas X to... Chloe uh, Bailey. Yeah, Chloe Bailey to the Kardashians. Everyone is there ready to show off their, you know, outfits. And there's normally a, a theme of each year. And this year's theme was America. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I have to say this year's Met Gala was at the absolute worst. It just... When you say America, it's just chaotic. It's just you can wear whatever you want. I was just about to say, please tell me you saw St. Hoax's post on Instagram. No, I did not see it. It's the clip of Oprah. It's like when people ask me what this year's theme of the Met Gala is, and it's Oprah saying, I don't know. (laughs) Well, (laughs) the reason why we want to talk about this is because AOC, you know, uh, the... The, I mean, the po- famous political person. She's amazing, right? Um, she actually attended, and she wore a beautiful gown, a co- and, and it basically on the back said, tax the rich. And of course, Republicans like Marjorie Taylor Greene ripped Ugh. her to shreds uh, in a very Trumpy way. Um, but I even kind of was a little confused in the, in the fact of, like, I love AOC. I think she's great. I think what she does for the community and how she uh, uh, speaks about things and calls folks out even inside of her own party is the so powerful. But I tweeted, well, what's the point of wearing, you know, a tax the rich dress when you are at an exclusive party with nothing but rich people? I just I feel like who was that message for? And even if it was for the people who are rich, 
are they paying attention to you? Like, is it, are you really disrupting as much as you think you are? Well, you know, I personally loved it a bit. And I think that it went really, 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 really well with the theme. Given the theme, I don't feel like this dress would have been appropriate any other year of the Met Gala. But because it's America, tax the rich. And you know what? I think uh, just to your point that a lot of the people in the room, I would say, are her fiscal peers. Yes. So when but I also know that when people say slogans like tax the rich, they're talking about the, you know, point zero zero one percent. The Bezos is a billionaires. But like you mentioned, is Bezos watching was there. He's a billionaire, apparently. Yeah. There's a couple people in there that I just felt like if they are at the Met Gala looking at all the beautiful art and doing the rich things that rich people do. And eating the the plant based food. Girl, they are caring less. uh, They're not even paying attention to probably AOC's dress because they're so they're narcissists in their own way. Like they're paying attention to everything in themselves. Maybe it wasn't for the people that attended. Maybe it is for the press to pick up and run. And But we're the only people talking about it, honey. They fair. not taxing me. Fair. They'll tax me, but no, they they, it's a regular tax. But they, they don't not... need to tax me no more. Because <laughs> I still, you know, I still got my tizzies in a, in a bunch because of the, uh, because, you know, I'm single. Yeah. And I'm childless. So why am I paying more? I, I, you know? Because I certainly don't earn more. It's the patriarchy at its finest. But no, here, AOC on her, uh, when she posted about this, um, her going, she actually said, proud to work with Aurora James as a sustainable, uh, sustainably focused black woman immigrant designer who went from starting her dream um, to becoming a CFDA winning designer. And she actually is the person that made her dress. And she said, and yes, before anybody starts wilding out, New York City elected officials are regularly invited to attend the Met due to our responsibilities and overseeing our city's cultural institutions that serve the public. Uh, she said she was one of several in attendance to just be like, I wasn't the only one there, so get off my back. And for me, it wasn't about her being there. I, I think she should You thought be it was the message. I thought it was the messaging. I kind of see both sides. I kind of see both sides. Yeah. But in, in, in essence, because of the theme, solely because of the theme being America, I feel like it was an appropriate message. All right. Well, let us know what you think at LGT Show because we got more show coming up. Obviously, it's at the top of the hour. And coming up, there's a new bill that could be a major win for the LGBTQ plus military members. Uh, we're going to be diving in on all those details next in What's Trending This Hour. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's one thing falling in love with a house, and quite another navigating the world of negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. Guidance from an agent who's a Realtor can make all the difference, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. All right, we are back, and the show is still going on. It's rolling around. I mean, it's Ryan here. 
without Sheer Lazar, who's in Alaska of all places. And guess who's filling in for the one and only Shar Jassel? What's up, Shar? Because I want to know, I need to text Shira because I want to know like what Alaska is like known for. Like, is there like a special chip? It's or known candy? for Sarah Palin. Oh, who can see Russia from her house. And her daughter was on Teen Mom. <laughs> yeah. And Katie Curry got her together. Well, what do you read? <laughs> what do you read? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, yeah, you know, Shara's going to be here with me all week. And before we get into uh, top of the hour, of course, because we have a lot to get in there, I got to tell you about I'm listening. You know, talk has the power to save lives. So join Channel Q on Thursday, September 23rd. At 6 p.m. for I'm Listening, a live two-hour show featuring some of the biggest names in music and sports and insight for some of the most respected mental health professionals as we strive to destigmatize talking about mental health. Here's some personal stories from, I mean, imagine um, Dan Reynolds from Imagine Dragons, Little Nas X, Billie Eilish, Lizzo, Normani, Doja Cat, Shakira, Justin Bieber, Willow Smith, and more. I mean... This year has brought so many challenges and uncertainty to many lives, but you are not alone. It's okay to not be okay. So join us Thursday, September 23rd from 6 to 8 p.m. for I'm Listening right here and only on the Odyssey app. For more information, visit imlistening.org. Now, let's dive into what's trending this hour. Um, Really great bill that just came out. Out Representative Chris Pappas. Um, has reintroduced legislation to protect LGBTQ veterans. It's called the SERVE Act. Um, the SERVE Act stands for, it's an acronym, stands for Securing the Rights Our Veterans Earned. It would guarantee and, uh, and protect veteran uh, affairs benefits for LGBTQ veterans um, that were discharged from the military due to their sexual orientation or gender identity. The law would cover those discharged under World War II, um, don't wow. ask, don't tell, and the Trump administration's ban on transgender service members. Wow. Now, it's difficult to know how many LGBTQ service members were discharged under the military's uh, different anti-LGBTQ policies, though one estimate puts the figure near 114,000 people, according to the Modern Military Association of America. Which I never understood, because people who are LGBTQ+, can fight just as well as anybody else. If you well, know, sometimes you sometimes that has to be proven when you try us. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> listen, I mean, wouldn't we be the most equipped? <laughs> oh my God! Now here is Senator uh, Minority Leader Mitch McConnell oh on new restrictive voting laws passed in Republican-controlled uh, states. Here is, unfortunately, what he had to say. Every state conducts elections differently. You're watching some states pass new laws based upon the experience we had last year during a 100-year pandemic. What do all these new laws have in common? None of them, not one, is designed to suppress the vote based upon race. So there is no reason for the federal government to take over how we conduct elections. All right. Yep, I have nothing more to say with that. And of course- He is my (laughs) least favorite Harry Potter character. My least favorite. Oh, my God. That is your What's Trending This Hour. We got more coming up next hour, of course. But right now, let's get into the T-Report. What's the T-Shark? So this is breaking news. Dun, 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 dun. Britney Spears deleted her entire Instagram account. Now, Wait, what? Li- now, listen up. Just two days after her engagement was revealed uh-huh. and just days after her father agreed to step down after 13 years as her conservator, Britney posted to Instagram, quote, I've waited 13 years and I'm counting for my freedom then she deleted her entire instagram account 
Honestly, I was tired of the topless photos. And, you know, she was getting, uh, it was below the waist, too. You know, she was yeah. showing off them tattoos. Brittany was really, is she counting her her freedoms by showing us how she's I counting think, down her body I parts. think it was a mixture of the dancing, the toplessness, and the smudged eyeliner. However, yeah. after fans expressed concern online, later this afternoon, a matter of fact, just about maybe 20, 30 minutes ago, uh, Brittany took to Twitter and said, don't worry, folks, just taking a little break from social media to celebrate my engagement. And she captioned that with the ring emoji and the wink face and four exclamation marks. She said, I'll be back soon. So right. as if Brittany's happy, I'm happy. But follow what Octavia said and make that man. I hope she's not in Vegas. Remember when she was married for 72 <laughs> hours or something like that with Jason yeah. or whatever his name is? Yeah. I hope they're not eloping because she has been known to do that. Shout out to Kentwood, Louisiana. Well, that's actually all the time that we have. Oh, so, okay, I want to talk about the VMAs, but oh. maybe we can carry that over. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're, next hour, we are talking we all things VMAs. We actually needed an entire show dedicated to your <laughs> VMA experience. I'm serious. And I wish you would have vlogged. Like, you should have vlogged for I YouTube. But I didn't even think of that. But, Ugh. yeah, we're going to cover all things VMAs next hour. Oh, actually, this hour, producer Vanessa's telling we switching up the show in real time. It's live, y'all. <laughs> all right, so we'll be talking about it later on this hour. But coming up, we got a lot more show coming for you because former HRC president Alfonso David is speaking out in his first interview since being fired, and he is calling the organization out for racial discrimination. Yep, we're going to play the clip. That's coming up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Now let's talk Alfonso David, uh, you know, the former president of HRC. And yeah, he was fired last week as president of the Human Rights Campaign um, because now he's speaking out. He's accusing the organization of racism. In an appearance on the Sunday show with Jonathan Capehart on MSNBC, Alfonso, who is black, if you do not know, um, said he was being treated differently from the way a white leader would be treated. And he was the first person of color to head the HRC. I mean, the organization was created back in the 1980s. And here is a little bit of a clip of him actually speaking about, you know, what he wanted um, and what he thinks is kind of going on in, in this moment. Here's what he has to say. Here's a clip from the interview. We can't change the rules in the middle of the game. We can't decide to conduct an independent investigation and then decide not to issue findings and not decide to issue a report and ignore transparency. If we are a human rights organization, if we are a movement that is inclusive, we need to make sure that movement is transparent for all of us. We can't tra apply transparency only to white people. We have to make sure we apply transparency to all of us. That's what's important. That's what I'm fighting for. When I look at those little black boys and brown girls that are looking to see if this movement is actually inclusive of them, my reputation is on the line. The organization's reputation is on the line. But all of us, what we represent as a human rights movement is on the line. And uh, that is why I'm so if you're confused on why he's even he even got fired, well, his troubles grew out of his role in helping New York Governor Andrew Cuomo respond to sexual harassment allegations. He was a Cuomo's in-house counsel before joining HRC in 2019. And when the accusations kind of emerged last December, the governor's office tapped him to assist in the response, something that became known with the release of a report from the New York Attorney General's office last month. Shar, what do you think about this whole thing? What do you think about what Alfonso is saying and speaking out when it comes to the HRC and how they handled this? I think 
that uh, although he made points, uh, they're misguided. You really, 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 really got to be careful what hill you choose to die on when you step out against something like this or with something like this. I should note that just last month, the leader of Time's Up, um, Roberta Kaplan stepped down. I think it was a mutual agreement. She stepped down in the Me Too movement because it was like, okay, now how are you going to be in charge of conflict. this group? Yeah. It's a conflict of interest. Y'all were and trying so, to silence the victims who were trying to speak out. Exactly. And so I think that you can get caught up in the swill when there's such salacious allegations like what Andrew Cuomo yeah. faced. And I also feel like these are smart people. You mm-hmm. have to weigh your options. Like I said, you have to be very, very hypercognizant of the hills that you're willing to die on. Yeah. And I feel like everyone involved in Cuomo's cleanup campaign at the time knew the risk that they were running and one of the unfortunate consequences and one of the unfortunate risks that come with that is you may lose your damn job. And here's the thing, I completely agree with that, but then I also see the other side where we will we do see oftentimes when there are is white leadership and they're in the midst of scandals, half the time they get to keep their job. Now Now that is true. Let's think about <laughs> let's talk about I mean the most recent one. Um what's his name? Mike Richards from Je- Jeopardy. Oh gosh, and that he whole had saga. So much going on and they were still willing to keep him on as executive producer. Literally. And they were like, Oh no, we gotta fire him now because it's getting even Because it's worse. off the rails. It's off the rails. Like we, we know he's trash. Yeah, we know he's garbage, but because yes. now everybody else is talking about and things are being unearthed yes. in order to save face for our company, Period. we got to let you go. And I believe that a broken clock can be right twice a day. And yeah. I think Alfonso has a point when he brings that in that moment of talking about there needs to be some sort of transparency. If you're going to say you did all of this work, you had all of this, um, these reports, well, release this evidence. You you fired me and asked me to resign without any of these things. You're inherently treating me different and trying to make an example out of mm-hmm. me. And that is a problem, right? But... But I do wonder, it sounds like he is, and let me, let me, let me, let me choose my words wisely when I'm saying this. I think it's, it, it sounds like, unfortunately, that he's not taking any accountability of his actions in in this mess, of him even being close in the Andrew you, Cuomo of it all. And it sounds like he's only kind of blaming it all on race, which I kind of find a little problematic. It's very up. problematic. Because if <laughs> you made... If you made a mistake, which we all do, yes. we all make mistakes, yes. then you need to come forward and say that. And I do want to clarify. I have so many questions. I do want to clarify one of the remarks I made earlier about uh, taking, looking at the risk and reward about attaching yourself to certain controversial figures or controversial headlines. Yeah. One of the things is you do have to weigh out that mistake. You do. And so if if he feels that that's a mistake, maybe it is, and, and it's semantics. Yeah. Maybe it was too harsh. Maybe it wasn't harsh enough. Yeah. One can only judge. But I love the example that you brought up of, yeah. of, regarding the Jeopardy guy because we do. That's just one of many it's examples. It's many examples. And my thing is, I want, if HRC has the evidence, why not just kind of release that and let us know what's going on? Because for my my thing is, and it, he didn't, he's kind of picking this moment to say, well, HRC, y'all not moving right. And if you look at the history, 1980 him being the first black president, there's something sketch about that, right? There's something to bring up for that. But then also, Alfonso, you need to step up and say, well, maybe I maybe shouldn't have, con- you know, had and some sort heavy, of connection. How heavy was his involvement? Exactly. Because like Talk you said, does that, e- does that erase all the good that he's done? Oh, no, I don't. Oh, well, not erase, but I'm yeah. saying like if they're firing him, True. like how involved was he in Cuomo's yeah. cleanup at the time? Did he, was it one yeah. phone call? 
or was was he part of like legal counsel or some some sort of thing? So yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It's really I I think for me and as we kind of put a wrap on this, you can't ask for transparency if you're not willing to give transparency, Mm -hmm. right? Like you can't ask them to be completely transparent and say you want you want if they have transparency only to white people, you want them to have transparency to all. And we would like to know your involvement, your level of involvement, exactly, because you are literally trying to separate yourself when clearly the New York Attorney General said, guess what? You had some part in this. So if you were trying to silence <laughs> victims, are you really for the human rights? Come on. Exactly. <laughs> that ding, ding, ding. That is it. And so I think that's what we need to we need to figure out as we're kind of seeing this play out. And Child. I just hate sometimes when race kind of gets all thrown into it because this would be like, I know race is like, well, why am I in it? Well, that's and, and people on the other side love that. They the love race that. car. The exactly. race car. And that now hurts everyone else it when there's actually yep. something Come going on. on. Come on, Pastor Ryan. All right, we got to keep moving because <laughs> I could get a little worked up. But, <laughs> no, we're going to talk about climate uh, change. We're going to literally do a hard pivot and, and change the whole conversation. Let us know your thoughts about Alfonso David at LGT Show if you have any. We love reading your comments. Um, but coming up, how can cities start fighting climate change more productively? You know, changing our obsession with driving. Is that truly possible, though? Not in Los Angeles. Well, let's figure it out. That's coming up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, so if we're talking about climate change, we need to discuss America's obsession with driving. And how can we kind of create more of an eco-friendly transportation options? What does that really look like? And joining us to discuss that further is Jeff Speck, who is a city planner and author of the popular book, Walkable City. Thanks for joining the show. Hey, I'm excited to be with you tonight. No, I'm very excited for you to be here as well with us because for me, I'm just trying to figure out how how can we realistically like reduce driving in this country? Is that even a possibility? <laughs> well, it's certainly a possibility. It's more possible in some places than others. Um, and you know, as a city planner, I work really hard with cities to make them more walkable. But um, uh, I often tell people that. Uh, maybe they should just move. <laughs> <laughs> so you want me to uproot my life okay. for climate change? <laughs> well, I I was just telling Ryan earlier, like, I'm a Chicago native. And so, you know, I, I grew up driving. But when you go downtown, you hail a cab, you hop on the, the L. And L.A. just doesn't have that. So I'm concerned as to what happens. And I think I know the answer to this. But what's going to happen if we don't reduce driving? Because cars are all over the place, especially especially in a metropolitan city like Los Angeles. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're talking about climate change, the the biggest contributor to climate uh, change is transportation, and the biggest part of the transportation sector is our individual cars puttering around. And, of course, the biggest way that we can uh, change our impact on climate is to just drive less. Um, I'm always talking to folks about what I call location efficiency, which is, you know, where are you? And what is your choice about how you've chosen to locate um, uh, doing to the climate? Um, uh, there's a very interesting comparison, which is that uh, you, you'll remember about a decade ago, every, everyone was telling us that we should put energy saver lights mm-hmm. um, in our houses, right? Replace all our conventional incandescent bulbs with energy savers. Um, so that was the thing we could do, right? Well, it turns out that um, if you replace all of your 
light bulbs with energy savers, that saves about as much energy in a year as you're moving to a walkable neighborhood would save in one week. So, uh, you know, the choice about how we choose to locate um, is the most important choice we can make. Um, and, you know, even even if we have an electric car, I'm just about it's to ask the car-based settlement patterns. It's the car-based sprawling suburbia that causes us just to live our lives so large, right, to spread out um, and, and be very wasteful. So we're really trying to allow people to do what so many of them want to do but can't do, which is to move from the suburbs into denser, more walkable urban areas, um, which are actually dramatically undersupplied in terms of what the, the ways that people want to live. Mm. Yeah, and and the cost, the yeah. cost of living. It's oftentimes cheaper to live in the suburbs versus a city, a downtown, a walkable neighborhood, if you will. And that's the thing when you're as a city planner, like working on this. Obviously, this comes with a budget, a price tag, and it, it can't be, uh, you know, cheap to to make an entire city more walkable. That feels even more expensive. Which means, why would we do that? Well, in fact, uh, and I have to say that this is only entered the conversation more re- more recently, but this focus on, on inequities throughout the city and where are we making our investments? You know, if, if you're going to make a really um, equitable and, and wise and kind investment in making cities more walkable, which often just means safer uh, to walk in, um, that means that you need to look at where the people are suffering the most and where the people are actually getting hit by cars the most. Mm, and, yeah. um, you know, if, if you... Uh, there, there was this stretch of Queens Boulevard in New York City where literally hundreds of people, several hundred people were killed by cars mm. over a 20-year stretch, um, ending about five years ago. Five years ago, they spent $4 million, and they solved the problem. <laughs> so oh, wow. uh, if you do the math, uh, you know we know that a human life is worth millions of dollars in any, in any serious lawsuit. Um, and, and the city, of course, had paid out millions and millions of dollars in lawsuits. They finally spent $4 million in this kind of struggling neighborhood just to make the street calmer. They added bike lanes. They added crossings. Um, you know, they just made it, the, the cars go a little bit more slowly, like the speed limit. Yeah. <laughs> and the outcome was the death stopped. So th- there's a lot, you know, to be said about the, the difficulty of affording to live in a walkable neighborhood. But, but where the, you know, where the rubber meets the road, so to speak, uh, most of the work that we do is just trying to make the, the streets that people are living on uh, safer for them to be walking on. Well, thank you so much, Jeff Speck, who is a city planner and author of the popular book, Walkable City. We appreciate you for joining us. Well, thank you for spreading the word. Of course. Now, we got more show coming up, and it's time to talk VMAs. And oh, if girl. you know, that's the reason why I wasn't here all week. So I'm going to tell my story up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, so let's talk all things VMAs because the, yeah, the Video Music Awards 2021 was just a couple days ago. MTV turned 40. Yes, they did. And someone who I'm sharing airspace with right now was in New York. Vanessa, were you in New York? Running around New York in custom (laughs) outfits. Talking to Gia Peppers and the girls. Uh. Yes. You know, if you listen to the morning beat, I called in. They asked 
asked me right before I was boarding my plane to come on their show and talk about, you know, me hosting the official after show for the VMAs this year. The official. You know, it this was, was an aside stage. It was a pretty nice. This wasn't moment. presented by Busy Heart Salsa. <laughs> this is the official, and we love Busy, but this is the official. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a it was a, a really incredible time being in New York for the past week. I got to uh, interview Kim Petras, which is um, always a, a blast. You know, she's How been on the show here. How many times have you talked to her now? Like, <laughs> like eight? at least a we few talked times. to her in June. I know. I she, like I met her in the green room here. That's the first time I met I her. Mean, like she she's so great, and that was her first time performing at the VMAs. There was one question that I cannot believe that I forgot that I wanted to ask what her. Was that? She was the first trans woman to perform at the Video Music Awards wow. ever. Ever, but I also know she has had conversations about always having that attached to her yes. identity, and so I wanted to give her space to have more of a conversation. Well, then, besides thank you for that. that, right? <laughs> you know, thank you. Um, but no, seriously, the VMAs were just one that will not you will not forget. I mean, the after show was absolutely amazing. We talked about everything from Little Nas X recreating the his industry baby music video, the shower scene. Which to- shout out to Dallas Eli, one of my friends. Do you know Dallas Ryan? No, I don't know Dallas. I never got he's, to meet he's, Dallas. He's a dancer from Chicago who now lives in Los Angeles. He's one of my good friends, and he is one of Lil Nas X's key yeah. background dancers now. He was well, in the video and at the VMAs. What was your favorite um, uh, moment of the now VMAs? Now, you know my favorite performance. I need to know. Tell me. I really, 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 really enjoyed Chloe. Uh-huh. Um, there was a bit of a shock factor there for me. Like, when it was over, I was like, okay, girl, we ain't got to be licking the mic. and just, you know. <laughs> Can I tell you something about her performance? Go ahead. I loved her performance but there was something missing as far as the, the stage felt just empty but you know I felt like the energy and the dance break I agree no, with you the, there the energy was amazing I just hope that she's being authentic because some of it comes across a bit performative to me as but in, I, I as loved the her. overly sexualizing of it all yeah yeah. and I love Doja's as well because it was something so different and it was I, yeah. aligned with the planet her of it all like I really enjoyed uh, Doja I don't I preferred her better as a, as a performer versus a host I didn't really like her but she has a very specific that's, and for me, humor. I loved her as a host of because I did. love her humor. I think her humor is so dry and sarcastic, and you have to like watch her mannerisms to catch if she's joking or not. For but why me, didn't she that's give my SZA, type of Why didn't she give SZA airtime? Because um, you know SZA's father came out on Instagram and called it. Yes, he was. Really? He was not happy about that because they, didn't they win for best collaboration? Yeah, or but did, it didn't seem like SZA really cared. Well, I, maybe she did. Maybe she told something to Daddy. Oh wow! Because Doja kind of took. But overall, you know what? I'm not a big, big fan of the VMAs in the ways that I used to. I feel like my my era of NSYNC, Destiny's Child, yeah. Britney, that has Half passed. Those folks, you were like, who are these who people? Is, who is, I only know Olivia <laughs> Rodrigo because of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she did amazing. She went to awards that night. But I thought, I was in. I was entertained. I watched the entire thing. Yeah. I was really, really entertained. I liked all of the performances. The presenters were great. Everybody went together like PB and J. Uh-huh. I love, love, love Billy Porter. Got a chance to introduce Lil Nas X. Yes, that Kourtney was Kardashian and Megan Fox interviewed. I mean, introduced Machine Gun Kelly Which, and speaking Travis Bark. Like it was just, it was great. And then Hallie introduced Chloe. Like uh, everything just went so well. I well, thought it was so well. I done. think this year's um, because it was the anniversary of MTV in general. Um, they really wanted to touch on the nostalgia of like some of the heavy hitters, and I think women just slayed and have always kind of slayed the VMAs. They're the leaders when it comes to the most memorable performances that happen. Um, for me, I even think about, I, I thought about how sometimes I 
Little Nas X, even his performance, I enjoyed it, but the homecoming aspect of it in yeah, the beginning yeah. didn't really like. If I was to ever give him like a, a, a like a, a criticism of any sorts, like a constructive criticism, he has to learn how to dance. If not, then don't. Because the choreo for me is just not hitting the really? way that he Well, he's it always is. a beat earlier or a beat later. <laughs> he is. I've and he'd be like that. popping it a little bit. Like yeah. I, I just, I love him in general. But he needs to go to a boot camp. And I want to know sure. who, who the creative director is because he has been like... Sean Bankhead. But I'm saying as far as like visually because oh. you know he did like the Pyramid theme at yeah. the BET Awards and stuff. So I'm, I'm honestly excited to see. I know that BET is under the Viacom umbrella. I'm excited yes. to see the 2022 BET T Awards because we had a lot of fresh black talent on stage. I do want to point out uh, Normani's performance with the Tiana Taylor. Oh, yeah. Where's Boosie and the children now? Well, here's the thing. I always feel like every time somebody wants to have a bisexual moment on stage, they call Tiana Taylor. Well, we can leave that right there. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, our VMA recap. We got more show coming up. Don't go anywhere. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Now, are y'all enjoying the show? Because I am having a good time for sure. We are in the 4 p.m. Oh, my God. What's the, what's the, is it 8, 6, 7, 7 Eastern. So we're in the 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Central. Oh, God. Uh, you now, know what, what about mountain time? How can everybody be? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Just because y'all want to live in the mountain, I'm not about to remember y'all time zones. Um, but no, I'm having a good time while Shira is in Alaska and Charger Sale is uh, here filling in for her this week. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm literally about to text Shira and say, whatever Alaska is famous for as far as snacks with yeah. candy or chips, can you bring me some? She actually will. She's really good at bringing uh, like keychains. No, uh, I don't want that. I want something I'll, edible. I love a keychain. Oh, I should have got you a keychain key- from Hawaii. I asked. I think I did ask you to bring me back a keychain, but oh, it's okay. We're not going to talk about I'm sorry. it. sorry. Yeah. I'm going to see if I ha- I have one on my keys. Would you like it? I'll How give do, it to you. If you're willing to give it to me. I will. I will take it. I will, because I have a magnet and other stuff. <laughs> okay. Oh my-, oh, my God. Then this works out. This works out. We can just forget that she forgot about me. Um, <laughs> but no, let's move forward, because it's what's trending this hour, and we got to talk about Governor Ron DeSantis. Death Santis. Oh, as God. As Sonny Hostin calls him. <laughs> <laughs> Death Santis. <laughs> and how he says vaccine or testing mandates are problematic due to a confusion over different vaccines and regimens. Here is, unfortunately, what he had to say. What would even count as being vaccinated? Is it getting the J&J shot once? Is it getting the two Pfizer shots to Moderna? Or is it going to be continuing to have to do to do shots basically whenever some government agency says says to do it uh and i think that that that's a little bit problematic stop why are you being like intentionally obtuse like literally dense on purpose and he answered his own question yes to be vaccinated as it currently stands (laughs) is the one johnson and johnson right the two pfizer or the two Moderna. It's like as it uh, currently, and we move the needle as the needle moves. It's honestly like watching a three-year-old be like, "You're like, what? Well, what comes after the letter B?" And, and they're you like, got the uh, nerve to use the uh, word problematic." I, exactly. I just, I just do not understand it. Um, let me go over to this next headline, which is great. A majority of Americans would support legislation to settle conflicts between LGBTQ plus rights and proponents of religious freedom, as a new poll finds. Over half, fifty. Seven percent of respondents said that they would back a bipartisan solution for advancing LGBTQ plus rights while maintaining protections for faith-based entities, per a Monday report sponsored by the Alliance for Lasting Liberty.
Liberty. Uh, the nonprofit seeks to advance LGBTQ plus equality by, quote, making the conservative case that freedom truly means freedom for everyone. Now, now, how would that work? Because it sounds like they're trying to pull a Caitlyn Jenner and have their cake and eat they it, wanna, too. Yeah, they sit on the fence. Very humpty dumpty. Uh-huh. Um, findings also indicated a majority support for LGBTQ rights um, in areas like healthcare and employment, as well as for religious protections for schools and employers. Um, LGBTQ plus healthcare ac- access uh, saw the highest rate of support at 78%. Three quarters of respondents, which is about 75%, also indicated support for protections for LGBTQ. LGBTQ plus folks uh, against protections in employment, housing, and in receiving government services such as homeless shelters. Um, yeah, that is your what's trending this hour. Everything you need to know. What's happening in the T Report? Oh my goodness, Rose McGowan is at it again. I am so <laughs> sick of her. And I, y'all know I'm a big Charmed fan. Y'all remember when we had her on the show? I fanned out a little bit, but now I'm regretting it all. Yeah, you know, and well, I'll save my commentary for another day. Let me get to this story. But Rose, <laughs> she, uh, in 2017, you, we all remember when Rose uh, was a, an activist in the Me Too movement and went after Weinstein for a 1997 assault, a sexual assault that happened to her. Um, but at last Sunday, there was a press conference in which she accused Governor Gavin Newsom's wife, Jennifer, of trying to bribe her in order to keep her from accusing Weinstein of sexual assault. She said Jennifer offered McGowan, quote, whatever it would take to make McGowan happy. Uh, She also went on to say that Newsom, Jennifer Newsom, I should clarify, interfered. I mean, excuse me, inferred that she was a Weinstein rape victim to get into a private group of Weinstein, like in order to get access. Like Jennifer was saying she, too, was affected. Now, that was the thing about that press conference. Right. That Rose was not even saying anything that was actually about Gavin Newsom. She was saying about the people around in him. proximity. Yeah, in proximity. And it makes no Which sense. Which is not fair to anyone. Exactly. Why are you why are you one throwing people who don't have anything to do with this election in it? And then also throwing Gavin Newsom into things where, instead of like there's plenty that you Rose, could actually talk Rose about. Rose McGowan is unhinged and irresponsible. She and is. I'll go on record to say that. She is. Now she's pushing the envelope even further. Now she, now Barack and Michelle Obama, former president Obama. Obama is dragged into this, as well as other, quote unquote, Hollywood Democrats. McGowan is saying that they're all in on it. And as proof, as quote unquote proofs of the Obama's involvement, she brought up the fact that Malia Obama, who is the Obama's eldest daughter, yeah. had an internship with the Weinstein Company immediately after her father left the presidency. Wow. Her internship began months before Weinstein was publicly accused of three decades of worth of numerous sexual assaults by roughly 87 women. Um, and Weinstein, I should note, has been a major donor to the Democratic candidates, including Obama. Yeah, we we know all of this stuff. My thing is, I think Rose McGowan is just trying to throw something at the wall to get it to stick. So it's people giving can very Pizzagate. Yeah, it's not. It's giving it's, very it's Pizzagate. Very, uh, not almost. It's not Channel Q, but it's Q and on. You know what? I just oh, it'll God. be interesting to see how all of this unfolds because you know Rose came out talking about Oprah. Yeah. There are certain type of there are certain black men, blue check verified black men on Twitter saying that Rose is starting to follow. I don't know what don't Rose like has it. up her sleeve. I wish her the best, but she is being she is being irresponsible and she is appearing unhinged. Well, Shar, thank you so much for your tea report. Let us know what y'all are thinking at LGT Show Everywhere. We got more show to get to, and it's all about how to tell your friend you, their partner is emotionally shady. Do you get involved? 
I don't know. Let's talk mm. about it, Char. We got a lot to get into. <laughs> Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, Char, I, I want to know. Would you tell your friend if you did not like their partner? No. Really? Like, never? No, I would not. Even if you think their partner I would tell is other emotionally, <laughs> like, shady? No. Well, it, it depends on what is emotionally shady. Now, if, if I'm with a friend and their partner, I feel is disrespecting them, I might say something. But if I just generally don't care for your partner, I'm not going to tell you that. What? That's something that I, I gossip with other friends about. <laughs> I wonder, is it because, like, what if it's a partner, I mean, not a partner, but what if it's a friend that you're like, this is, like, my sibling. Like, I know you have a couple of those friends where you, like, I I don't play about them. I do, and I've done enough living in my 33 years to know, just shut up. Yeah. And then I can do it in hindsight. If something goes wrong, I could be like, well, girl, I always felt da-da-da-da. But (laughs) people don't typically respond well to to that type of criticism, especially if they are blissfully in love or lust or what have you, with you coming up saying, you know, I don't really care for your partner. I think they might be emotionally shady. That that doesn't... People don't respond well to things like that. My thing is, what would you consider to be emotionally shady? That's the thing. I don't know. That's why I'm asking you for a clear-cut definition. The thing that I would say is if they, if I felt that someone's partner, well, my friend's partner was disrespecting my friend, mm-hmm. that is when I'd say something. If I felt like they were being cold, callous, dismissive, yeah. I would say something. Well, here's, according to this Bustle.com article where they're talking kind of about, you know, being able to, you know, talk to your friend about if the, their partner is being, like, emotionally shady, which really just means, emotional, like, emotionally abusive, like, kind of manipulating, gaslighting them. Now, you didn't tell me I was going to be triggered today. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know I, it's, it's really interesting because I think... For me, I tend to also take the, the, the side where you're coming from of being like, yeah, I'm not going to say anything yeah. because you just don't want to cause any drama with you and your friends. And friends will surprise you. I mean, Because they'll, the, they'll tell the, the, the partner and yeah. now the next time the it's a group don't setting, like you. the partner's looking you upside your head. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and honestly, most of the time, that is kind of what happens, especially if they are in this like really toxic cycle yeah. and they're only really thinking that their partner Ooh. is the right one. Oh, now, now look, Shy had to look up at the heavens. <laughs> wow. Well, have you ever been, I will say this, has a friend ever told you that they, that you yes. don't think? Yes, yes, yes. And did you listen? No. <laughs> I had a friend look me square in my face earlier this year and say, Shar, you're being gaslit. Wow. And why was that not enough for you? Because I really loved the person. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, maybe I am, but not always. (laughs) And that's the thing, right? Because I think when we're talking with our friends and they're like venting with us about like situations that they're going through or like with their relationship, it's like you're only really hearing one side of the story. And so it's kind of one of those things where it's like, well, my friend is telling me the stuff that they're going through, their experience. That's Mm -hmm. valid. Of course, it's going to shape how I view Oh, of course. Well, that's that's what they say is always the like, I guess, the the iceberg that sinks the ship is that, you know, the person in the relationship is able to forgive and look past that. But there are married people that are married. Yeah. You know, who 24 years ago, their best friends still don't like their partner for something that was said or done. 
So what's, Because we, we tend to hold on to things from the outside looking in versus the people who are, I guess, in, in intertwined. So what's the fine line of being like if there if you have a friend that comes to you for advice about the relationship? I think that we have to be very, very careful. And I was just talking to two of my girlfriends about this as far as like uh, some of us are solution based. Right. Yeah. So you come and tell me something and I'm all about solution. But we need to carve out a lane where sometimes people aren't I don't want to say aren't looking for solutions sometimes people just want to vent and I know that's that that's true. one of the things I'm grateful to my inner circle and my friends for is I went I left a very painful friendship uh, earlier this year she and my nerves every time she everybody, says friendship everybody let me process how I needed to process I yes. never felt like oh here comes Char-. even yeah. in my head I got tired of hearing myself talk about it but I didn't feel that people around me made me feel like I was taking up space taking up time and also I got a therapist you know you got to pay people for that yeah. you know but um yeah I think that that it's a fine line for sure when it comes to any type of relationship even friendships can get complicated so yeah for me I, I'd like to kind of take the back like the role as just a listener like I will listen to someone just like talk and I have no problem with it like if someone if me and someone are so in you conversation- never propose like so what what are now the next steps well I, that's unless they're asking me like unless I think yeah. I think we've had personal conversations yeah. where I think we've seen that like happen where I've given you advice and you've given me advice mm-hmm. like we've been that listening ear for each other um but I don't want to ever volunteer my thoughts when they're not asking me well no that. it's not volunteering like if you came to me with something relationship based yeah. and you were complaining about Which something I just did yesterday yeah and I and what I got on your case about it because yeah, okay. I felt like Ryan and I are very honest. I thought that you were wrong in the situation. Well, here's and an I got update. On your case here's about an update it. because I actually talked about it on the show if I was going to see my ex boyfriend, <laughs> and I did see my ex boyfriend. And if I'm gonna tell my business, I might as well tell it. We did hook up, and I immediately felt like I did not want to move forward in any other way after that hookup. Like I was just like I don't want to do this I, I I think all of that closure or all of those thoughts of being like oh would I ever kind of go back into that relationship would I do this again all kind of came rushing at me being like nope I don't want it and like he wanted to have kind of drinks afterwards we went up to the bar at my hotel and honestly I had made up an excuse being like I had things to do and I didn't end up doing anything that night just because but Char me and Char were talking because I ended up feeling really bad because I was like Damn, I, I think say, I there's just a, there's a little bit more to this. Yes, story. I think I ended up feeling bad because I was like, so I was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you gonna tell it, yeah, tell, it tell it all. It. So I was supposed to have a, a hookup before even meeting up with him, right? The hookup fell through, and of course, when me and him saw each other, the chemistry was there, and I was like, did I just hook up with him? Because honey, you know, he was there, and the, it's familiar. The, it was yeah, and. and you know, the, the, my, the hormones were hormoning. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I kind of used him because I knew that was going to be a moment. I felt so bad about it. Like, I still feel bad about it because I now need to tell him. And Char was like, no, you need to have a conversation. Because what Ryan is missing, him. what Ryan is leaving out, and I'll, I'll say this thinly <laughs> veiled. I'm going to make this very thinly veiled in an effort not to tell your business fully on air. Yes. What Ryan is leaving out is that this boy, Ryan knows that this guy likes him and wants to spark that flame back up and be in relationship with him. 
And that is where I said Ryan was wrong because you knew that I and know. you still chose to participate in the hookup <laughs> culture. Not a boy texting Ryan. How many times he texted you today to check in? Oh my God, please, please. Okay. So all I told him is the sooner he has that conversation, the better. No, and Shar is completely right. And I think that's, that's an example of us having, a, like, I'm bringing it to her being like, I know. I need. I need you to hold up that mirror to me yeah. and tell me I did some mess. And I think you gotta have a fine line with that. Let us know. Have you had those conversations with your friend? Hit what us up a at LGT Show. Cannot <laughs> believe I just told of y'all my business in that way. We got more show coming up. I don't even want to do a tease after that. <laughs> Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. All right. So now the wellness community. It's really interesting when we talk about it. Shira's not here, but Shara is, of course, filling in. And um, I want to talk about what does what role does the wellness community play when it comes to the anti-vaccine movement? Uh, joining us to talk about wellness influencers and the stark consequences that we should all be aware of is Garrett DeVink, a technology reporter at The Washington Post. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Okay, so let's talk about this. What is the history of the wellness community when it comes to the anti-vaccine movement? Can you break that down for us? Yeah, of course. And I mean, I think it's, you know, really important just right off the top to say, you know, I'm sure that the vast majority of people who would consider themselves part of the wellness community, wellness influencers, people who talk a lot about diet or yoga or alternative health practices are not against vaccines and a lot of them fully support vaccines and medical science. However, there's definitely a, a large strain within this community from well before COVID that was skeptical of vaccines, pushing kind of anti-vaccine uh, ideas and even conspiracy theories. So if you look back, uh, you know, several years ago, the uh, disproven idea that vaccines have a link with childhood autism was something yeah. that you would see quite popularly in these communities of, you know, young parents, of people who were maybe skeptical of the medical community to begin with. And of course, a lot of people have good reasons to, you know, be nervous about the medical community. A lot of groups, especially oppressed groups, have been mistreated for decades by the medical community. And so a lot of people who are already interested in kind of alternative health practices are finding um, their way to this. And, you know, the anti-vaccine movement really found sort of fertile ground to kind of push their ideas and, and get more proponents to sort of then go and push that. And then if you fast forward now to COVID and of course, you know, the vaccines coming out being a really important part of sort of ending the pandemic worldwide, a lot of people when they said, hey, like I wanna learn about these vaccines or are they safe? Should I take them? You know, all good questions. They were already part of these wellness communities and they quickly uh, found answers that, you know, maybe were not in line with what science has shown us. Right. I think about Jenny McCarthy. I remember she was one of the most vocal when it came, came to childhood autism. And I also think about other practices with black and indigenous communities with root, uh, you know, different types of things and Chinese medicine. I have a family member right now who does not have the vaccine, uh, but she and her boyfriend are both very holistic in that way. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you all, eucalyptus grass and sea moss is not going to protect you against COVID. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> it's my personal it's opinion. True. Don't want to get into semantics, but what are uh, public health experts saying about all of this? Because there is a, a clear-cut division. Yeah, I mean, I think the example that you shared there is, you know, really relevant. I'm sure almost all of us have someone in our lives that we're close to who doesn't want to take the vaccine. And when you kind of ask them, you know, this, this is true in my family as well. And I ask my relatives who don't want to have the vaccine, they say, well, I read something on Facebook or I saw something on Instagram. And so, you know, I think a lot of people are sort of frustrated that 
um, there's this information that for people who have real concerns and are worried and, and kind of want to go out there and sort of try to do their own research, so to speak, um, you know, they trust these influencers that maybe only have a few thousand followers, these micro influencers who, you know, you might feel you have In sort YouTube. of a, a friendly relationship with and you trust them more than you trust, um, you know, Anthony Fauci on the TV. Yeah, and that's like crazy because I think that was the most shocking thing for me. I, is there anything else that was shocking about your research that you found about this in particular? Yeah, I think what was shocking to me was that for so long, you know, the social platforms had just sort of allowed a lot of this uh, to happen. And, and even recently over the last year, as Facebook, YouTube, Twitter has really have really cracked down on people who are pushing, you know, straight up misinformation and lies about the vaccines. They're mostly targeting um, those who are very obviously and directly pushing these kinds of, um, you know, this misinformation. Whereas when there's sort of large social media influencers who are kind of weaving in, um, you know, conspiracy theories about the vaccines into the rest of their content, that's not being spotted and taken down as much. And I think the other important thing to mention here is, although there are a lot of people just asking, you know, real questions, they're nervous, they want to know, a lot of these influencers are making money off of this, right? So they're saying, hey, don't take the vaccine or, hey, you know, think twice before taking the vaccine. But here's a link to my website where I'm selling a proprietary juice mix that oh, will gosh. make your body more healthy and that'll be $40 a month, please, you know? So wow. I think there's obviously, you know, there's real concern, but there's also people who are taking advantage of those who are nervous about the medical system, maybe don't trust it, that kind of thing. Well, I just want to say thank you so much to Gary Devink, a technology reporter at The Washington Post, for joining us. I appreciate you. Anytime. All right. Now, speaking of misinformation, rapper Nicki Minaj just revealed that she's not vaccinated. And she told us this weird story about her cousin's testicles that we're getting into. Yep, that's coming up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, so Nicki Minaj is unleashing on MSNBC's Joy Reid for, quote, being so thirsty to down another black woman, uh, unquote, after the TV host basically lectured her uh, for her COVID-19 vaccine skepticism. And honestly, Joy didn't say nothing wrong. Like, seriously, we're going to play the clip. Okay. But I want to get down to what Nicki originally said. Because this is of the same vein of Alfonso. Oh, God, it's so annoying. So Nikki tweeted this. She said, quote, they want you to get vaccinated for the Met. If I get vaccinated, it won't uh, it won't be for the Met. It'll be once I feel I've done enough research. I'm working on that now. In the meantime, my loves, be safe. Wear the mask with two strings um, that grips your head and face. Not that loose one. She then went on to to tell us a story like it, it, it turned it up. It turned into being a story time where she followed up saying my cousin in Trinidad won't get the vaccine because it's friend got it and became imp- uh, impotent. Impotent, yeah. impotent. His testicles became swollen. His friends was weeks away from getting married and now the girl called off the wedding. So just pray on it and make sure you're comfortable with your decision. Which I should Not mention. Bullied. Tucker Carlson had a field day yesterday on his program with this tweet. A field day. And anytime you got Tucker Carlson of Fox News siding with you, it might be time for you to go back to the drawing board and reevaluate some of your statements. Well, here's the thing, Nikki. Yes, that. But then also, I feel like you should know about your friend's testicles. And also, 
your friend's testicles cousin's may be having a, an STI. Cousin's friend's Your cousin's friend's testicles. Or an allergic reaction. I mean, that doesn't feel like that is a vaccine thing, but here's what Joy... It isn't because no one else has reported <laughs> swollen testicles, but go ahead. Here's what Joy Reid had to say. And people like Nicki Minaj, I have to say this. You have a platform, sister, that is 22 million followers. Okay, I have 2 million followers. You have 22 million followers on Twitter. For you to use your platform to encourage our community to not protect themselves and save their lives, my God, sister, you could do better than that. You got that platform. It's it's a blessing. It's a blessing that you got that, that people listen to you, and they listen to you more than they listen to me. For you to use your platform to put people in the position of dying from a disease they don't have to die from. Oh, my God. As a fan, as a hip hop fan, as somebody who was your fan. I'm so sad that you did that. So sad that you did that, sister. Oh, my God. <laughs> Joy was disgusted. I mean, in all honesty, I, I get it because it was not even Nicki Minaj is now the newest. But I mean, Buster Rhymes just said something. He it's sure like these did. prominent folks of like the African-American community are speaking out. And of course, we understand the hesitancy when it comes to like the history when it comes to black and brown folks. But at this moment, it just feels like, oh, no. What research are you actually doing? Nicki they don't Minaj? Have any. Are y'all even doing any of that? No. Are, like it makes no sense. And then the fact that she railed on Joy Reid, I mean... Calling her Uncle Tamiana, what? Yes, and she said something else that was just awful that we will not repeat here, calling her a slur. When she called her homophobic. Yeah, she called her homophobic. Which Nikki has her audacity, her nerve, because Joy... Now, yeah. Joy would have been wrong if she fought... Uh, uh, slung back, you know, all of Nikki's close proximity to pedophiles yeah. as they show on record. Yeah, working... because Nikki would have tried to sue her if she would have done all that. I mean, it's true. Nikki's husband is an accused uh, rapist. Her yeah. brother is a pedophile. Nikki has collaborated twice with, uh, what's the rapper with the rainbow hair? Uh, uh, six, the, nine. six Nine. Takashi yeah, Six Nine. Six, yeah. So there's been a myriad of different things. Nikki, let me tell you something. Nikki Minaj has been unraveling at the seams for the mm-hmm. past two to three years. Ever since Cardi B made her way onto the scene and Nikki developed Queen Radio. It has been embarrassing. And, you know, this is just another example of her Mm. being loud and wrong and unwilling to listen. Because in essence, although she did not discourage her followers verbatim, in essence, that is what she did. Well, yeah, that's it. I mean, you're... Like, let's not be dense here. (laughs) You're you're basically, you know, one, I think the interesting thing, when you have a ton of fans, like the fan base of Nicki Minaj, like Barb's um, is what they're called, if you didn't know. I under honestly, I feel like they were feeding her information about Joy and her DMs. Oh, I feel like that's exactly how she was navigating, unfortunately. And it's just if Nikki just would take a step back and listen, it feels like she's always on the 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 end of being ready to drag. She's always and, defensive and yeah. a perpetual victim. And it's Two like listen, flags. listen to like what we're saying here. It's just like yes, you didn't say that verbatimly, but what you're saying is you got to use your platform responsibly. And right now, there's so much vaccine hesitation. It makes and, no sense for you to be talking about your your cousin's friend's testicles. And also, I mean, personally, you know, for what it's worth, it raised my anxiety a little bit. Much like what we were saying to the doctor earlier in the show, you know, uh, it's about to get chilly outside. And we have the common cold, the flu, pneumonia, COVID, and all of the variants. I want to be able to enjoy a little holiday party if I go to one with my mask on without, you know, having COVID in time for Christmas. You oh know, like, God. so it, it was very irresponsible. And I'm team joy on this. 
Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. It's time for our yes, queen. Oh, my God. I miss doing that. Mm. Um, And it goes out to Elliot Page because they made their first red carpet appearance. It's coming out as transgender in December as he arrived at the 2021 Met Gala in a black suit with a green flower. Now, this look, honestly, you know, Elliot, I wish it was a little bit better, but um, you know, he Elliot's... He slipped into his, in, into his trans hat. I believe he's straight uh, and he's just fitting the bill. He's not bucking the system. We'll say that when it comes to fashion. But I will say his outfit does have a, a statement because Paige's pop of green is a statement in itself as a symbol of queer love originating from poet Oscar Wilde who often wore a green carnation on his lapel. And so that is like a, a something that was special that if you knew about it because uh, it, the, the green carnation came to represent queer men as it quote embodied the De- uh, decadent and the unnatural, according to the Oscar Wilde hmm. tours. Um, okay, <laughs> I don't know if that's twenty twenty one friendly, but that's what I felt. Um, I'm like, okay, Oscar even Wilde. When I read that, I was like, oh, that feels a little dated. Um, and to be honest, even back then, when Oscar Wilde was alive, I mean, the queer probably represented only white people. But anyway, this is yes, Queen, and we got to keep it positive. Th- so, um, if you don't remember back when uh, Elliot Page covered Time, uh, he said, I just never recognized myself when it came to his prior red carpet appearances. He said, for a long time, I could not even look at a photo of myself. Wow. But when I tell you the photos that came from the Met Gala. He looks so happy. That's, for me, it was for all about the neck up. He's there was so a cute. certain glow. There was a twinkle in Elliot's eye, and it really made me smile. You know, when you look yeah. at a picture and you start smiling, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm smiling. He looked so happy it's and so well it's so settled, yeah. so confident. It's beautiful. To El- yes, King. Yes, King. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. That is your. T- <laughs> that is your yes, Queen. And I have to say, Shar, you are absolute a pleasure, and I can't wait to like finish out this week with you. Yes, same here. And of course, if you missed any of our show, you can head over to the Odyssey app to check out our podcast. Because, honey, this show goes right up right after. And of course, um, we got Loveline right after this. So stick around, where Dr. Chris will be covering. Getting sober, the steps and expectations. Now, on tomorrow's show, we have to talk about all those at-home coronavirus tests and how it's a part of Biden's big plan for managing the pandemic. And we got so much more. Of course, Shira's out. Shara's joining me. I will see you later because you got to remember to slay it. Love you. Mean it. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 
Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app.